everyone. This is Dr. Pillay with the Work Proud Podcast, and it is my pleasure to introduce to you my friend, and I'm very, very proud to say that, an expert in the employee experience and the customer experience worlds, Jill Raff. It is such a pleasure to have the opportunity to interview you today. How are you? I am so great. Anytime I'm with you, I am great. I'm just... I'm so honored and I love your energy and it just is so contagious. It's fantastic. So I'm great. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Jill. And, you know, I have to say that, you know, we met um, in the world of business, you know, learning and connecting with how do you break into big companies and, and do all the things that consultants do. And, and we've, we've since grown into our, our own areas of expertise, but for some reason, it's kind of still the same. We're still in the employee engagement and customer engagement world. So I was wondering if we could start this conversation by having you help us define the problem of customer engagement, customer experience versus employee engagement and experience. Sounds like they might actually be based on the same things, but what's your definition of the problem? Yes, I, I do see them as the same thing because... When I use the word customer, because I'm an EX to CX expert, when I use the word customer, I am thinking that it is all people. So for an organization, they need to be thinking of their employees as their first line customers, right? They know how they want their customers to be treated because they're the ones paying money. So that's where the focus has traditionally gone. But I really want to encourage companies to have a fresh look, a fresh eye and vantage point and recognize that before you can create that great customer experience, and in order for that to happen, you must first create that outstanding employee experience internally. And to me, the biggest problem, you asked about the challenge, especially now with the pandemic, I think it has exacerbated and brought to the forefront of actually what's something I've been talking about for years. And that is we have to put people first. We have Mm. to recognize the value of our people. Everyone's heard, you know, your people, your greatest assets. Yes. But who's really implementing that? Who's really putting that into practice, into their, um, their daily work, their protocols, their systems, their, uh, everything they do in the employee journey. Who's looking at the employee journey, not just the customer journey? And so I think the biggest problem is many companies now want to go back to business as usual, right? They're, they There is no more business as usual. Like they have to stop pre-pandemic thinking. And mm. that means coming into the future through the current situation and recognize that when we prioritize our people, that is when we're going to see change happen within our organization. Preach it, Jill. First of all, you've just written a whole book right now. You know, I I have to say, you know, as CEO of the Jill Raff Group, um, a thought leader in this space, and I, by the way, I love your your EX to CX. That is so cool. I hope you'll explain that for us soon. I wonder, how did you get here? I mean, like, what put you on this path? You've got customers like McDonald's. You've got, you know, you you are making waves. How did you get here? <laughs> well, um, you know, <laughs> interestingly, I've had a very diverse path um, and past. And um, 
it's really a conglomeration of everything that I've done. So starting out, I grew up in the McDonald's industry. Um, as it turns out, you know, my work with them was completely separate, but um, I grew up in the McDonald's franchise in the very early days. My parents and grandparents opened store number 150 and never knowing that McDonald's would be the number one global franchise, hamburger franchise that it is today. But growing up with those days with the founder, Ray Kroc and, um, you know, Turner and just really living the growth, living, seeing how working in the, the stores and even in the office, but in the stores, even from a very young age, seeing how I was trained, listening to how management or my father spoke to others, <clears throat> excuse me, being taught what was expected of us. I mean, so many things. So that was really my, my very beginning. I followed a well, quick, quick synopsis. I followed my uh, passion into fashion and was a, a fashion designer and overseas in, in Italy and in New York City. I became a food stylist. So using my creative skills, but my love for food. And I went to, I graduated from Le Cordon Bleu in Paris. And I, uh, I did work in uh, everything. I used to say I'm McDonald's to Michelin. So I worked in a one-star Michelin and, and Harrods and their pastry kitchen, had all these incredible experiences. But at the end of the day, I used it for food styling and without taking, and I was, I'm a real estate agent. I was licensed in two states. So the, I say all this just to point out that the importance here is I've had this broad perspective and experienced conversations with all different kinds of people, different cultures living across the country, I'm sorry, across the globe, multiple countries speaking multiple languages. And so I had this insight that enables me to help companies say, you know what, it's not about this is the way we always did it, the single lane thinking, which is very dangerous. And so I'm able to cross-pollinate ideas, solutions, strategies that I've learned and lived in other countries or in another industry and say, well, there's no reason why we can't do it here. The problems tend to be the same. Mm -hmm. And so why not try other solutions that typically have not been tried in that particular lane or industry? Wow. You know, you know, Jill, um, one of the things that you use to differentiate yourself, which, by the way, I think is brilliant, is you are calling for a paradigm change where people mm -hmm. talk about customer experience as one thing and employee experience as another thing. You're advocating that they're the same thing and that it's a mistake to not see them as the, the same thing. Maybe we could start a conversation about how you bring change to the problem you've described through the E-X-C-X <laughs> approach. You're going to have to explain what that means so people understand that. How do you bring yeah, thank change? Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, so E, let's yeah define it because a lot of people aren't as familiar. So CX is customer experience mm -hmm. and EX is the employee experience. And I believe strongly that employee experience creates customer experience, good or bad, right? Mm -hmm. it, you, it doesn't have to always be people are like, oh, great customer experience, but it could be bad customer experience, which is often connected to bad employee experience. Yep. Um, and I have just to throw a little curveball in here um, in some of the flow of, of the offerings and some of the work that I do. I'm even throwing in and creating something called LX, the leadership experience that we have to lead this experience because it starts at the top and it starts in the inside. So the, the typical customer experience model 
is outside in, the customer, what they want internally. I, on the other hand, believe that we need to start on the inside and at the top. It needs to be, you know, leaders have to set an example, not just mm. tell people what to do. They have to get mm. in there and do it side by side. And um, and so that's why actually my my process, my proprietary process is called the inside out framework. Mm. And uh, the foundation of this framework is around something I call my E3 formula. And that is educate times engage times entrust equals happy, loyal employees. And that's happy and loyal, right? Equals happy, loyal customers. And the thing there is, you know, all these elements, if you, if you, start with the educational piece and not just training people, but truly educating them on who you are, what you stand for, how you want people to interact, what, mm -hmm. what do they mean to you? What do you mean to each other internally? Then that naturally goes on to the other, other steps. So there's a lot involved. I won't go into all the steps, but mm -hmm. um, those are kind of the larger uh, broad stroke structure for that. Mm -hmm. so, so basically you are saying, and by the way, yeah, you're right. I don't think EXCXLX would be as easy to remember. <laughs> but so basically, you're saying that it's a mistake for people to focus only on the customer experience. How do we bring it together? How, you know, I mean, clearly, there, there is a difference in the real world, but, but there is a connection in how things actually work. So mm -hmm. how do you convince people that there is that strong connection that they need to do XYZ on the employee side if they want to see XYZ on the uh, customer side? How do you, what do you use to glue it all together? Well, I think if leadership stops and thinks about themselves, takes themselves out of leadership position and thinks about themselves as customers, we are customers multiple times a day. Mm -hmm. What are their experiences with companies that they're trying to buy a service or a product from, or trying to reach customer support. Um, I can guarantee everyone understands what that means when they have a bad experience. And when the person on the other end says, uh, I, I don't know, let me connect you to someone else. Or they don't say they don't know, and they give you fallacious information mm -hmm. only to lead you into circles. And an hour later, you're like, I'm back where I started. Right. Mm. So I think what's the glue there is understanding that your people, your employees are your front line. They represent who you are. And it's just, it, to me, it's intuitive. And maybe that I shouldn't jump to that, but studies actually show that customers' experiences, you know, 89% of customers will actually switch to a competitor following a poor customer experience. Yeah. And so um, their customer experience is usually happening as a result of their interactions with that employee. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's on the customer side. So that's how they're connected because you can see directly if, if they're not getting the attention, if they're not um, being acknowledged, if they're not being respected, all these things, then the customer is not going to come back. Mm -hmm. um, and internally, the biggest problem going on right now is staffing, attraction, and retention. Mm -hmm. Again, you apply the same principles. If you're not proving to your employees that this is a place that they belong, mm -hmm. this is a place where you matter, your voice matters. We want to hear what you say, and we want to incorporate that into 
what we're doing and how we evolve our brand, that you are ultimately responsible for the failure or success of our company, Mm. that you appreciate them, that you incentivize them, that you recognize them. Um, If you're not doing those things, then you can guarantee they're going to move on to somewhere else where they are recognized and they feel like they belong they belong and they're a part of something bigger. Yep. You know, you've you've hit on a lot of points. Uh one of the last one you just said uh recognition uh is very uh, near and dear to my heart. I I have actually seen the tangible difference when someone feels respected, appreciated, recognized, it actually makes them want to stay. And obviously there's a lot of research including the work proud study that uh, we've talked about which um I'll be happy to share with you later. But I want to talk about the great resignation. Um, on your website, uh, you call that out as a real thing. It's not theory. <laughs> um, and a lot of people are wondering, well, how exactly do I handle retention? You know, if people want to leave, it may be because of better opportunities financially or, you know, what is it? How do I, you know, how do I bring these softer things like recognition and all these different strategies that you may have on the inside to bear to stop the great resignation. Yeah. Well, I think one of the problems as well, you go back to the problem or challenge is that companies think, let's just throw money at them. We'll just throw Mm. more money at them and they're going to stay. That is the biggest mistake. That's a Mm. quick way to send yourself into bankruptcy, just throwing money at them. Yeah. That will be a band-aid because people want to stay short term for the money. But it has been statistically proven through research that money is not what ultimately is the most important thing, especially in these younger generations and the new ones in the workforce. And more important, that people will actually take a cut in pay to be working for something that matters, that is purposeful, that they that the company believes in and supports things that they believe in. There's this alignment mm-hmm. of, of values and the alignment is what's so key and, um, you know, so one of the first things I like to do when working with people is, is do a gap analysis because mm-hmm. we found that their perception, there's a huge perception gap in what the leadership or owners, depending upon the size of the company, believe they are delivering. In fact, Bain and Company has this stat that I use all the time because it's so powerful mm-hmm. and really highlights the problem that 80% of uh, executives feel that they're delivering a superior customer experience while only 8% of c- customers agree. Mm. And it's also known that 62% of employees will leave their job when they don't feel they're invested in and being trained appropriately to be successful in their job. So, I mean, gosh, I mean, that just, it says it all. It's so very important that we look at our people and invest in them and show them a reason why they're there and, and explain to them. It's not just, I'm telling you to do this task, mm-hmm. but here, here's why we we're doing it. Here's why you specifically are so great at this. Mm-hmm. We appreciate this quality, these qualities in you, and you are the perfect person to contribute to this. And, and thank you for making, uh, for being an important part of this company and the success that we have. Wow. Now, I, I was trying to keep track of all those uh, <laughs> research stats there. I'm going to have to go watch this later on to capture them. You know, it does, re- it does remind me of one uh, from Deloitte. It's a recent one about the employee experience uh, issue. And I don't have the exact numbers, but it was something like 80 plus percent 
of, of leaders and organizations believe that employee experience is very important, like has to be done. And yet only about 15% or so, a much smaller number, actually feel they are ready to do it. They have the, the tools and the knowledge to do it. So this is a big gap, right? Yeah. And I've seen that one too. Where You've seen that, yeah. I, I think it was 90% think it's yeah. important and, and recognize in this year and going forward that that's where they need to invest. And only yeah. like, you know, like a 10% or something yeah. do it. Yeah. And it's like, well, people don't want talk. That's yeah. why people are leaving. Yeah. They don't want to just hear rhetoric and like, yeah, we believe it. And it's up on the wall, right? The vision, the mission statements on the wall, but yeah. it's not actually being implemented day to day in, in their experiences working for that company. Yeah, no, that, that is so deep. And, you know, I'm, I'm just so grateful for uh, what you're doing out there in the world, because it is absolutely important. Now, you mentioned a few other things. One of the things you talked about, you mentioned recognition. We've talked about some of the the skills involved in doing that, and the research shows that the direct impact. But an area that you mentioned, you talked about purpose, um, which for me, the word purpose goes hand in hand with other words like pride. And mm-hmm. you already know how I feel about the word pride, right? So yes, I guess if we, could, if we could spend some time talking a little bit about things like pride in the work that you do and pride in the company you work for and purpose, tell us how those things impact employee and customer engagement, and ultimately business results. Yes. I, you know, pride is uh, I, such an important part. And it's something that I mentioned this. It's actually in my signature talk. Yep. And it comes under the third E in my E3 formula. So it's the entrust part. Mm. And so once you've educated your people, not just trained them, but educated them on who you are, what's important to you, values, all of those things. Mm-hmm. Then you've engaged with them to exemplify and model for them the behavior you want them to see and, and, and use with their customers. And you've now, through the education and the engagement, they feel like they're already now feeling they're definitely a part of what this company is about. They are mm-hmm. a part of the brand. They mm-hmm. now are, are owning the brand. And there's a pride that's slowly evolving along the way. When you get to the third E, which is in trust, trust is the foundation of any strong relationship that we have. But incorporated into trust is an empowerment. And when you empower your people and you trust your people, you are immediately establishing the sense of pride, the sense of ownership. And Perfect example. So I've been interviewing people who uh, worked for my dad um, in those early days in McDonald's. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, my dad's been gone now for 27 years. We lost him early. And people, it it is so amazing. It warms my heart. They tell me, Jill, I can give you exact conversations that Mm -hmm. I had with your father that have stayed with me till today. He believed in us. He respected us. He wanted to know what we thought, what our input was. And then we would see that he would actually take action on that. He respected Mm. us and therefore we gave him respect. We wanted to work harder for him. And one manager said to me, he started when he was 17 years old, right? Mm -hmm. On the crew, he ended up growing into a higher position. And he said, Jill, you know what? Your dad may have been the, the owner and, but I knew when they came through and did, when the corporation came through and did an evaluation, or if a customer had a problem, that was on me. That mm. I felt like it was my store. I felt like I owned that store and that 
my name was attached to the outcome. And that is what every employer wants to achieve with their customers. And this is what I grew up with. Wow. What a story. And uh, just, and what a dad. Okay. Um, You know, I I have to tell you what, you know, while you were sharing that story, I was thinking to myself, you know, Maya Angelou once said that it is not about how you, what you Mm. say or do to people. It's really about how you make them feel. And, and clearly your dad did that 27 years ago and people still feel that way. Um, you know, one thing I would love to ask you is this remote, uh, uh, you know, situation we find our many of us find ourselves in um, such, you know, uh, you know, things like the, the flexible work arrangements. How do you help people feel, <laughs> you know, this purpose and pride and connection when you're not close to them? I mean, obviously, technology tools and things like that. But yeah. do you have any thoughts about the, this new world we're living in? I think it's a hybrid world that we better get used to because studies show that it's not going anywhere now that people have had a taste of it. Yeah. (laughs) They like it. And so I think it is important to have that face time though. Um, So each company needs to figure out what the size and what, what their goal is and what, what their product, what it is that they're doing, right. Mm -hmm. How that feeds in there. But that goes back to, you know, the beginning of that thinking, that pre-pandemic thinking and recognizing we need to, to figure it out now. And I think technology, as you said, is a really important one. Using technology tools to know what people are feeling right away, not just what your customers are feeling, but what are your employees feeling? Mm-hmm. How do we interact with our employees? How do we ping them and say, you know, I was just thinking about you today. This is a just just thinking about you call, right? Like, mm-hmm. how are you doing? There's a lot going on. And, and part of the problem is, right, a lot of the executive management now, companies have come back with, you know, roaring force and they think everything's great. Well, their employees yeah. are not necessarily feeling that. So we need to tap into what's happening internally, reality. And so sometimes it's maybe a quick phone call. Maybe it's a, even a, just a quick text, and yep. there are tech, there is technology out there that will allow you to do that rapidly, quickly, but in a genuine, authentic manner. And that is crucial because people feel it. Going yes. back to Angela, right? People yep. feel it when it's not genuine and authentic. Wow. Now, you know, through the magic of technology, I couldn't help but go look for that stat about employee experience uh, to make sure that we actually give that correct information because it is an important topic. So I'm going to actually share that right here. Can you see my screen? Yes. So basically, the stat was 80% of executives uh, rated employee experience very important or important, uh, but only 22% Mm. uh, reported it as something that they can do themselves and they're excellent at doing it. So, so there you go. Anybody who's wondering, uh, how do we do this? <laughs> You're not alone. Most people do not know what to do next. However, they do believe it is very, very important. Um, so Jill, tell us what you're excited about next. What are you working on? Do you have any new announcements, projects, things that everybody should go and get? And then of course we'll tell them where to go get it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, gosh, I have a few things in the works, nothing yet to talk about, a few partnerships, collaborations that I'm super excited about that will round out um, the what I offer is, you know, the consulting, um, the coaching, tr- workshop training, whatever, um, mm-hmm. but rounds it out with the tech side that really works together beautifully so that 
my goal is to just offer the most support possible, the most complete support. And if it's not something in my wheelhouse, I have a group of, of other experts that I work with directly to fill in where that's needed and technology, you know, like work proud. I mean, I love the name. People want to feel pride in their work. And if we're not working proud, then we need to find a different job. Why are we working? Right? Like, I, I think that's a big key part of it. Uh, so looking, um, exploring, I have some conversations going with that. And um, every week, um, if you're resonating with anything I'm saying every week, I do have a live show. It's called Celebrity Customer Experience Riffs with me, Jill Rapp, where we riff on everything employee or customer experience. And that's uh, you can find that on Thursdays, 12 Central Time Live on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube, my channels. Um, or if you if those times don't work, you can catch the replay. They they live on those those spaces. But I always love it when people come and join and then through their comments actually become a part of the conversation. I'm all about creating that connection because I believe ultimately the work that I'm doing is creating a connection culture within the company. And that's what's key to me. Wow. So let me just say you have created a connection culture here already because uh, I can still feel the goosebumps from just really agreeing with almost everything you're saying. You just explain things, your stories. Thank you so much, Jill, for being a part of this mm. conversation. And uh, please tell us again how we can reach you. Do you have a website? Do you have the LinkedIn and any others? And then we'll put them in the uh, show notes. Thank you. Yes, my website is my name. So it's Jill Raff. And a lot of times people don't understand the, the last. So I'm going to spell Raff. And of course, mm -hmm. it has to be this way. It's R like Ronald. A like apple pie and mm -hmm. double F like French fry. So it's Jill Raff. Is, is there a subtle McDonald's? Uh... A little corny, <laughs> but you know, I have to go with it. It actually applies. Yep, um, yep. So it's jillraff.com. And um, my LinkedIn is actually uh, now EX to CX underscore expert. So it's capital E X, the number two, and then C X, kind of like B to B, but, yep. you know, B to yep. C. So it's mm -hmm. E X to number two, C X underscore expert. Okay. At awesome. LinkedIn. Awesome. We'll have, yep. We'll have all of those uh, in the show notes. And once again, I just want to say thank you so much for your energy, your passion, the purpose and the work you're doing in the world. It's been a pleasure to have you on our show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Always fun. And I'm, uh, I'm, really honored to be a part of this because it's a great podcast you're doing. So thank you. All right. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. All right.